Good evening. Today, an indictment was unsealed, charging Donald J. Trump with conspiring to defraud the United States, conspiring to disenfranchise voters, and conspiring and attempting to obstruct an official proceeding. The indictment was issued by a grand jury of citizens here in the District of Columbia, and it sets forth the crimes charged in detail. I encourage everyone to read it in full. The attack on our nation's capital on January 6, 2021, was an unprecedented assault on the seat of American democracy. As described in the indictment, it was fueled by lies. Lies by the defendant targeted at obstructing a bedrock function of the U.S. government, the nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. The men and women of law enforcement who defended the U.S. Capitol on January 6th are heroes. They are patriots and they are the very best of us. They did not just defend a building or the people sheltering in it. They put their lives in the line to defend who we are as a country and as a people. They defended the very institutions and principles that define the United States. Since the attack on our Capitol, the Department of Justice has remained committed to ensuring accountability for those criminally responsible for what happened that day. This case is brought consistent with that commitment, and our investigation of other individuals continues. In this case, my office will seek a speedy trial so that our evidence can be tested in court and judged by a jury of citizens. In the meantime, I must emphasize that the indictment is only an allegation and that the defendant must be presumed innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law. I would like to thank the members of the Federal Bureau of Investigation who are working on this investigation with my office, as well as the many career prosecutors and law enforcement agents from around the country who have worked on previous January 6th investigations. These women and men are public servants of the very highest order, and it is a privilege to work alongside them. Thank you. Because of foreign wars we wage has more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people trying to cross the border. And politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. Gotta be free the way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damn UN. Taking your right to self-defense, they say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn into guns. All the unions always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell. 
damn UN. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. But as always, I'm your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, coming to you from historic Roan County, Tennessee, and so very glad to have you along for the ride. Thank you so much for being here. As always, I do appreciate it. No matter where you're listening from or how you're listening to the show, it means a lot to me. Now, we got a lot to talk about, and I got some housekeeping to take care of up front too. Uh, number one, we have some uh, news that I can't make an official announcement about just yet, but uh, it does look like we have another sponsor coming on board very soon. Uh, fingers crossed. We have another announcement about one of the sponsors, but I'll make that uh, when it's time to talk about that sponsor. Uh, also. We will officially be uh, broadcast live for the Friday Night Show on another digital platform. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Tap into the truth. We'll now be joining the Liberty Talk FM network. That's the Liberty Talk FM. And uh, I, I'm really looking forward to getting to do that. And as of this moment, unless something crazy happens... Uh, that will start actually this coming Friday. So now we'll be not only broadcasting live on WCETFM, Columbia, South Carolina, the lastfrequency.com, uh, the Vera Network, the ZMA Radio Network, the K Star Talk Radio Network, uh, Talk Right, and uh, talk stream live and Irish radio, but we also will now be included with Liberty Talk FM, and I am excited. I hope you guys will be too. Just another way for you guys to tune in live, uh, and you can tune in uh, anywhere worldwide because the platform does operate digitally as well as locally over the airway. So, hey, there we are. It's going to be great. Uh, now, uh, still working on a couple other projects that I'm a ways off from making uh, an announcement about, but we're looking at some uh, possible guests coming on, looking uh, regular guests who've made multiple appearances, who will have some new projects to be talking about themselves. Very excited about all this. It does seem to be that more conservative voices are coming to the table, that are stepping up to the microphones, that are stepping in front of the cameras for video platforms to try to make sure that we push back, that we get the information into the hands of the people who need it in order for them to stand up and push back against the ideologues' efforts to whitewash reality. So I'm very much hoping that we can make some of those announcements sooner rather than later. But beyond that, just the growth of the show and, and being included on a new platform means a lot to me. Now, before we get to our uh, number one is going to be dominated by the news event that will be the primary discussion. Uh, obviously, that's the J6 indictment of Donald Trump. And then we're going to talk about what should be the primary topic of conversation, uh, that's the left and the media's efforts to protect Joe Biden, now that we're getting dangerously close to actually needing to impeach 
a president. Actually, uh, dangerously close to being to a point where Democrats will then have to come up with some pretty gosh darn good explanations for why they didn't vote to impeach. Because we're getting that close. So we'll talk about that. But first, who knows how far this administration will take things in an effort to cover up their lies, cover up their agendas, and just basically try to protect their power that they've grabbed. In the event that things do go sideways, whether we're talking about bad weather, natural disasters, or what I really fear is swiftly becoming a possibility, not calling for it, not hoping for it, but certainly think you should be prepared for it, uh, potentially long-term civil unrest. Regardless of any of those things, you need to be prepared. And one of the best ways that you can be prepared for those events is to go visit our friends over at fourpatriots.com. Check out everything they have to offer, whether you're talking about emergency food supplies or if you're talking about backup electricity or a lot of things in between. All you need to do is visit and you will see a ton of things that you will have a hard time saying no to. And, you know, again, given where things are, maybe you shouldn't be saying no to. So visit 4 and once you're there, if you do decide to go ahead and make a purchase, go ahead and use promo code TAP, that's T-A-P-P. Use that at checkout, save yourself 10% on that order. One more time, that's the number 4Patriots.com. Use promo code TAP, T-A-P-P, to save yourself 10% on that order. All right, so it happened a little late in the day, uh, later than they usually allow for things to propagate in the news cycle. But special counsel Jack Smith decided it was time not just to make an announcement, not just to have a press release, but to address the nation. And he did so on Tuesday evening, of course, that being uh, August 1st, that's the time of the broadcast, just earlier today. He addressed the nation after a grand jury, a federal grand jury, indicted former President Donald John Trump, a.k.a. the Orange Man Who's Bad, the Kicker of Puppies, the Eater of Babies, the Climate Arsonist, all that and more to all these lefties, they unsealed an indictment on multiple felony charges related to his <clears throat> alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Now, again, are you trying to overturn the results of an election if you honestly think you won? It's a, this is a crime of intent. This is a crime where, at least if you're going by the letter of the law, you have to be able to prove, in order to get a conviction in court, intent. It's not like the process crime of uh, mishandling classified documents, you know, the very thing that they let Hillary Clinton off the hook for, under the guise of there being no intent. There, there doesn't need to be intent for this. This is why uh, John O'Connor, when he was on with us uh, this past Friday, he said that as long as they want to convict Donald Trump of mishandling classified documents, they've got it. 
Because he did. He did what was necessary to meet the criteria of having committed the crime. There's ample enough evidence. To so he made that statement. He wasn't happy about it. He wasn't excited. He didn't want that to be the case. So don't get it twisted. Don't get it wrong. He wasn't excited throwing a party about it. He was upset, but he's an attorney. He's been an attorney for a long time now. He's been on both sides of the adversarial judicial system that we have. He's been a defense attorney. He's been a prosecutor. And he's right when it comes to elevating to the point of the law involved when it comes to mishandling of classified documents. Trump, unfortunately, with this little clip where he was showing off this map, where he admits that he had not classified, had not declassified this document, that's pretty much dead to rights. There's not much else that's going to be needed. Now, you're still going to have to prove your case, and you're still going to need more than just an audio file where uh, you still have some idea of whether or not he's just trying to set somebody up. I mean, it, it requires believing in the magical three-dimensional chess playing of Donald Trump. And, and it's entirely possible. All you have to do is raise reasonable doubt to a certain degree. Now, it's not like this is a murder trial. So what constitutes reasonable doubt is a little bit different. But it is a case where they're going to be able, much more likely, to get a conviction error. Now, here's the problem. This January 6th uh, indictment, the J6 indictment, they'll probably get a conviction here, but only because they're doing it in D.C. That's it. No other reason. It's not because there's irrefutable uh, proof. There's no actual agenda here. I mean, you still have the left referring to Donald Trump calling for peaceful and patriotic protesting. They're still referring to his assertion of the 2020 election having been stolen from him as the big lie. And they're saying that he is culpable for having riled up people by virtue of referring to it as uh, the steal and trying to get people to go stop the steal and having people like Rudy Giuliani out there running around saying, okay, we have all this crazy stuff. And then they also tried to say that they interfered with the counting and disenfranchised people based uh, voters based on trying to overturn the results of the election. When in fact, what they're talking about there isn't just January 6th, but also this notion that Mike Pence had some legal authority to just not accept, to invalidate completely certain states' electors. Now, that is a novel theory, and I don't read the Constitution that way. Now, again, my legal scholarship of the Constitution is probably only slightly better than the average American, so Again, not claiming to be an expert, but I have read it a few times. It's my understanding that under the natural uh, procedures, what you actually have is the legislature themselves can disqualify electors. But the vice president is only there to certify the election. To only make sure that they've actually went through the process as it's laid out. And whether we like it or not, 
the legislative body was doing exactly that until the riot started. Then they all headed for the hills. And then when they came back, all of a sudden, none of them were that interested in trying to disqualify electorates from certain states that were in question. Now, I'll be the first one to stand up and say uh, all the states that literally ignored their state constitution in order to uh, make voting easier, in order to make sure that Democrats had a much higher turnout, in order to make sure that their states went Joe Biden's way. And make no mistake, that is exactly what it was. COVID was the excuse. It was the catalyst. But the effort the whole time was to blow everybody away through early votings and mail-in votings, and, and that be the end of it. And I will defend the idea and the notion that electors from those states that ignored their state constitutions, that played tricks and games in the judiciary, that passed emergency legislative uh, efforts that were in strict and direct violation of their state constitutions in order to do these mail-in votings, to make changes to their elections, that their electors should have been disqualified. That doesn't automatically mean that you instantly say, okay, well, now all those votes go to Trump. Not a lot of people want to hear that part of the argument, but it is true, and unfortunately, that's the set of circumstances. What happens here is they followed the procedure. They just, in the process of following the procedure, they didn't do the things that maybe they should have. There should have been disqualification, and all that would have meant is that those states would have had to uh, find another way to better certify their elections. And by the time they did whatever remedies they were going to put in place, they still very easily could have come back saying, well, our electors are still for Joe Biden. It wouldn't have been right. I honestly believe that Joe Biden did not legitimately win that election. But they followed the Constitution. And Mike Pence still continues to get a bad rap over the events of that day. Uh, from a lot of Republicans, even some folks that aren't just riding the Trump train to the end of the rail. But he did what he was supposed to do that day. Uh, it's the same thing that uh, Chris Christie. There's plenty of reasons to criticize Chris Christie, but he still gets a huge uh, knock on his reputation. It's a really bad rap for having met with Barack Obama when he was trying to get hurricane relief, federal dollars, to his state of New Jersey when he was governor. Now, I will also be the first person to admit that, yes, his job is to meet with whoever is occupying the White House when they come to visit the disaster area. And his job is to lobby them for federal funds because, again, that's just what the states do now. They, we can make a different argument anytime you want to, and I'm on your side if you say, Federal dollars shouldn't be going to state recovery efforts. Uh, end of the day, the federal government should be making it easier for states to recover. But you don't necessarily need to be funneling dollars from Idaho to help rebuild houses on the Gulf Coast of Florida. And you certainly don't need to be sending tax dollars from Tennessee up to New Jersey to help make sure that the boardwalk uh, gets rebuilt. Because, you know, a lot of businesses there are probably going to be able to afford to rebuild on their own. 
between their insurance and the profitability before. You know, it's just that kind of thing. And again, I know there's going to be exceptions to that. I know there's going to be some people that will be wiped out from it. And you can make whatever argument you want to about what constitutes the safety net, whether or not we should be. I'm content to, to have that discussion with you. I'm open to the idea of what that extent goes. But as a general rule, I think that the federal government needs to have their hands out of whatever and as much of whatever as possible. And today, though, Chris Christie did go above and beyond. He gave Barack Obama those photo ops to finally make Barack Hussein Alu Akbar Obama have an opportunity to look presidential. So he takes a lot of flack for that. And, and again, I think it's more than necessary. But... As I said, there's plenty of other reasons to criticize Chris Christie, and he continues to demonstrate those left and right. Same thing with Mike Pence. There are reasons to criticize him. There are reasons to not want him to be the Republican nominee. That's not a concern. It's not going to happen. It's just a lot of people uh, a little over the top of that. But anyway, let's, let's, let me pull myself back to where we're at with this uh, January 6th business. Donald Trump Again, how do you prove intent? He literally said, both at the rally, the Stop the Steal rally, when he made his appearance there, and uh, over Twitter uh, shortly afterwards, uh, calling for calm, said, let's peacefully and patriotically protest. He said all the right things. So how do you get intent here? Because in order to prove intent on any of these particular uh, counts, you have to be asserting that Donald Trump knew he had lost, knew that he was lying when he said it had been stolen from him, and knew that he was only trying to disrupt official proceedings as opposed to him trying to have peaceful protest in order for the Americans that supported Donald Trump to be heard. You know, the left is willing to bend over backwards to let folks like Antifa just run wild on the streets and cause millions, if not billions of dollars in property damage. But you show up at the Capitol building because that's where they're working and they panic. And maybe they should. But you know what? They wouldn't have to panic if they just did their jobs. They wouldn't have to panic if they realized that they are supposed to be and should be constrained by the Constitution. We have a constitutionally federated republic. We don't have a democracy. We don't have uh, this collective that the leftists want. We have a constitutionally federated republic. And both of those adjectives are important for the very reason that Israel right now is trying to reform their judicial branch. You need, in a constitutionally federated republic, you need more than just somebody's feelings about what is or isn't reasonable before you're allowed to strike down a law, for example. You're required to operate within the bounds, within the limitations that have been laid out for you. And that's a good thing. Well, uh, Tim, we, we want a democracy. We don't want that uh, that uh, 
republic thing. You say, we don't need representatives. We'll represent ourselves. Everything just up and down straight vote. Majority wins. Majority wins. Majority wins. Majority rules every time if that's the scenario. So minorities never get to decide anything unless members of the minority join the majority. Is, is that what you're saying? That, that it's just, you know, minority rights don't matter? Because if you're demanding straight democracy, you're demanding majority rule. If you're a minority in the country, you might as well just sit down, shut up, or move somewhere else. I mean, those are your options. I mean, you can still go ahead and vote, you can still give speeches, you can do whatever, but you're never going to win in a straight democracy. Whereas, in a federated republic, we're broken up into states where the states have, well, as it was designed, more authority over the citizens of the states than what the federal government has over anyone. That the states are allowed to operate how they best see fit. The federal government should not be interfering, uh, except in the most obvious cases of abuse of authority, abuse of human rights. The most obvious, most clear-cut with no question and no argument. Otherwise, it should be up to the courts within the states to deal with those questions. There is a reason why the Senate was had senators appointed by the states. They were representing the states. Now, they did it different ways in different states. They'd set up their own rules, sometimes elected by the legislature, sometimes selected by a governor, sometimes picked by a governor and then voted on by the legislature. They had a lot of different systems that decided, but you were there to represent the best interest of the state, not of individual people. That's what the House is for. That's why there's more representatives in the House. That's why the purse strings are controlled in the House, or again, they're supposed to be. We've certainly gotten far enough away from how it's supposed to go. But we're also supposed to have a separation of powers, right? We're supposed to have a situation where the legislature writes laws. The executive branch then uh, accepts said laws in the form of writing it into uh, you know, you have a bill, it officially becomes a law when the chief executive signs it, but it, it doesn't really, you're not really signing it into existence, but you are acknowledging it, essentially. When you sign it, you're acknowledging this is, in fact, the law of the land. Presumably, the will of the people, because it had to have gotten through both the House and the Senate before it goes to the president's desk. And then the only thing that can hold it up then is the the judiciary. And the only way that gets held up is if what got passed does not fall within the constraints of the Constitution. If it's a power grab, it should be struck down. If it's something that the federal government doesn't have the express authority to do, it should be struck down. If it's something that falls clearly within the purview of the federal government based on the Constitution, then the judiciary has little choice but to say, okay, Whatever cases come before us, we determine in accordance with the Constitution. If the law is constitutional, then the case is decided based on whatever the law is. There's supposed to be a balance. There's supposed to be a check. And there's supposed to be three branches, not four. We don't need the administrative state. 
but we have it. We need uh, the members of the legislature understanding that they don't get to tell the judiciary what to do. And then people will immediately say, well, Tim, you were just talking earlier about the judicial reform in Israel. Uh, why should their legislative body get to tell their judiciary what to do? Well, again, it's, uh, you know, the old comparison, apples to apples, and then they talk about apples to oranges. This is more like bananas to bowling balls, okay? Israel doesn't have a constitution. The judiciary in Israel is not beholden to a document of principles that have been laid out. They're not appointed by the executive or agreed upon by their legislative body. The judges that currently set get to pick their successor. They, they literally get to pick somebody. They're full of leftists at the moment. And what has happened is you started out with folks that were slightly left, and they kept picking people that were further to the left than they were to take their place. It's gotten pretty far to the left, and now literally anything the conservative majority coalition tries to pass, they just say, nope, we're overturning it. Well, what's your rationale? What's your legal reasoning? Legal reasoning? We don't need one of those. <laughs> we have this this notion, this idea, this, this standard. It's called the reasonable standard. And if we decide that we just don't think it's reasonable to do this, then we're going to strike it down. And guess what? How many laws do you think a conservative coalition is going to get passed and that a leftist judge is going to say like, that's reasonable. How often do you think that's going to happen? The The judicial reforms that they're trying to go ahead and push, and honestly, they still need to try to push a few more of what they were trying to initially before all the riots. And we need to get the Biden administration out of that scenario. There's, they have no business there. They're not in a position to lecture anyone on the world stage anyone on the world stage about how democracy works or how a judiciary should be working. They're really not. But I digress. We're going to take the mid-hour break. And then we're going to go down. We're going to replay the uh, announcement. And I'm going to kind of stop and make points as we go. Because there's stuff to unpack here. But before we start the mid-hour break, what I need to tell you right now is if you are a gun owner, then what you have to do, you have to do it, you need to do it, you need to be carrying your firearm. Because having your firearm on you is the best way to avoid becoming a victim of a violent crime. It puts you in a position where you not only can protect yourself, but you can protect your family, you can protect your friends, your neighbors, you can protect your property. Whatever it is that you need to protect, you can. So you need that comfortable holster. And right now, Vanish Holsters, according to thousands of their customers, has the most comfortable holster, period. And along with those comfort factors... Vanish Holster is also designed to save you money. 
because it fits almost every semi-automatic handgun that is out there. And it's designed to work without the need for a tactical belt. So that's one of those little hidden expenses that sometimes we don't always think about when we're picking out a new holster. It's designed to work in almost any position. So, going back to that comfortable thing, you can carry however you feel most comfortable carrying. So what you need to do is go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Be sure to use the backslash T-A-P-P because by using that, you automatically activate yourself a $50 discount. And yes, it is still $50 for an extra 15 days. That's the announcement. Vanish Holsters told me today that they don't really want to reduce that uh, discount level. They don't want to. <clears throat> but, you know, Bidenomics, it's been rough on them, but they've decided to at least wait until August 15th before that will end. So you've got a couple of extra weeks now to go place that order and still save yourself $50. Now, I, I was very pleased to hear that. I spent a lot of time yesterday trying to spend extra posts on social media, uh, trying to remind people that time was running out, that yesterday being the 31st of July was the last day to take advantage of it. And I hope some of you guys went ahead and did it. But getting the news today that they were holding off a little bit longer, that they were going to continue to take that little bit of a hit, hoping that you guys will take full advantage. Uh, because the more of you that do, actually, the longer they can offer that $50 discount. So you might, by virtue of going ahead and placing your order now, sooner rather than later, might also be able to help another gun owner to take full advantage of the $50 discount too. Just, just something to keep in mind. Help your fellow gun owners out. One more time, that is www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Use the backslash T-A-P-P. Save yourself $50. Uh, we've got a reprieve. Got a couple of extra weeks. Let's let's get busy. Let's go place those orders and see if we can't keep that momentum going too. All right. Uh, let's take that mid-hour break. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Hi, I'm Andy Berger, founder and chair of Voices Against Trafficking. Check out our website, VoicesAgainstTrafficking.com, for our books and magazines. And you're listening to Tim Tapp and Tap into the Truth. What a beautiful noise coming up from the street. Got a beautiful sound. It's got a beautiful beat. It's a beautiful noise. Quite often we are reminded about how many Americans were less free 150 years ago. But are we the people really free today? Or has one form of slavery been replaced by another for all people? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. Many leftist-oriented U.S. citizens, the Dragon Media, and numerous politicians are united in a concerted effort to literally shackle us politically 
economically and morally. 125 years ago, you were not forced to get permission to collect rainwater, go fishing, start a business, build a home, get married, hunt, use a transportation vehicle, own a weapon, own property, grow food on your own property, sell food, or set up a lemonade stand. Today, you can do virtually nothing without being extorted by government and obtaining their permission first. If you still believe you reside in a land where true liberty is respected and encouraged, you are deluding yourself. If you are not outraged by the ongoing assault on our liberties, you are officially a part of the problem. It is if Americans are living in a giant tax farm as free-range humans existing for the purposes of unconstitutional government dictates and bullying. Wake up, my fellow Americans. I'm Ron Edwards. Bye now. Bean stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly from your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key. The idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly But the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueEdgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase. And to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember... Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Introducing Einstock. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Einstock Beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akuari, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Einstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal, and hydropower. Einstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. 
Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo, Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink, conquer, repeat, skull. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. You're listening to Tap into the Truth. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. I do hope you're paying attention to the brands and the uh, goods and services that we have in the middle of that break. Uh, the non-live read scripted ads, uh, you know, Einstock, it's a great product. If you like uh, craft beer, you need to be checking them out. There's no question about it. Uh, they're still not available in all 50 states yet, but... Uh, you know, thing about beers in most places, you can have it shipped to you if you uh, if you can't find it locally. And I definitely recommend that you give a try to some of these really fantastic crafted flavors they have. It, it, they're awesome. Uh, in fact, if you look through some of my social media, it's been a while since I've posted uh, very much of it, but there are as ample examples of me thoroughly enjoying Einstock. Uh, and of course, if you're listening to the podcast, there's a really good chance that if you scroll down into the uh, show description, you will find live links, uh, and one of them will be to Einstock's website. So again, just check them out. Uh, same thing with Beanstalks, uh, absolutely fantastic way to take full advantage of the stock market. I get it right now if you're a little skittish about doing it during the Biden administration. I don't blame you at all. But if we presume that the world is going to continue to turn even after uh, our good friend uh, Mr. Biden, if we believe the world is going to continue to spin after he has left 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, then there's a really good chance that getting started now might pay off in ways that uh, you just wouldn't expect. Meanwhile, what do you say we actually get back to 
the actual broadcast. Oh, wait, you know what? Before we do that, though, I need to tell you about the most important thing you can be doing right now, other than being prepared and using our friends at Four Patriots to help uh, get yourself prepared. You need to take your health into your own hands. You can't trust the woke medical profession anymore. Maybe you are lucky enough to have a good doctor and some good nurses where you're at and getting your health care. But you just can't count on that anymore. It just doesn't seem to be the, the way uh, the medical profession has become so very woke. So, if you're concerned about your heart, your memory, or swollen, achy joints like I was, there's this Antarctic krill supplement right here that really could help put an end to issues with all three. It's been shown to support healthy blood pressure, circulation, brain health, as well as reduce inflammation, swelling, and and joint pain, and I can really attest to that last part. There's never been a better time to try it for yourself. Just go to FixSwollenFeet.com, and you can get 58% off Native Path Antarctic Krill Oil. This krill oil is pure, it's effective, and it's bioavailable. Just a fancy way of saying that it's easily absorbed by the body and easily used. It contains a potent antioxidant that helps reduce inflammation and swelling throughout the body. For a limited time, you can grab Native Path Antarctic Krill Oil for as low as $23 a bottle. That's a bottle of 30. That's a one-month supply if you're only taking one a day. Uh, you can take up to two if you have uh, issues that are severe enough that you feel the need to do it. I've been taking one a day, and what I can tell you is while I can't promise or guarantee that you'll have the same results that I did, since I've been taking it, I feel a significant difference, especially with my knees and ankles, and the mileage I had put on those particular joints from having played basketball for a long time, and then from after I put on a lot of extra weight that I really don't need to, puts extra stress on it too, I was suffering. I was. It was painful. Sometimes it was painful just to stand up from my desk. Definitely a hard time getting up out of the bed after trying to, to sleep at night. The body's trying to heal. would get so stiff that sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it took more than one effort to get up and stand up. I'd have to sit back down real quick or, or fall down. Uh, and that's been taken care of. And at first... You know, the first few days I took it, I didn't really think I was noticing much of a difference. But I got to tell you, uh, my wife had a, a medical event that required me to be away from home with her for a couple of days. And I didn't think to take it with me. Man, I could tell the difference after those two days. I'm going to continue using Native Path, even if they stop being a sponsor. Because it's worked very well for me. I can't promise you it'll do the same for you, but what I can promise you is if you take advantage of the low price, you can find out, and hopefully, it'll work even better for you than it has for me. Only one way to be sure. So again, go to FixSwollenFeet.com. All right, so let's replay that little addressing the nation, shall we? I'm going to let a little play. I'm going to pause it and... Uh, we're going to comment as we go. I, I haven't done this in a very long time, but I think I think it's justified today. So let's let's go ahead and do that. Good evening. Today, 
an indictment was unsealed, charging Donald J. Trump with conspiring to defraud the United States, conspiring to disenfranchise voters, and conspiring and attempting to obstruct an official proceeding. Okay. All of those, when you say conspiring, that necessitates, in order to meet the legal standard to get a conviction, it necessitates you being able to prove intent. In other words, if Donald Trump, for one second during the course of any of this, believed that he was acting in the best interest of the country, if he believed for one second that he was trying to undo a wrong, that this election had been stolen, that the will of the people were actually being thwarted by these individuals who were trying to install Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. instead of the duly elected, remember this is what he believes, duly elected Donald John Trump, then you don't have intent to defraud. You don't have intent to collude. You don't have intent to interfere with an official proceeding. What you have is intent to prevent someone else from doing those things. Let's continue. The indictment was issued by a grand jury of citizens here in the District of Columbia. Okay, I got to stop there again, too. You can get an indictment against a ham sandwich, right? We all know the saying. We've heard it a million times. It's pretty much true. That much is the case just about anywhere in the country. But if you think for a second you would have had an easy time getting an indictment in this particular case in very many places, then you're wrong. There's a reason they didn't try this in Idaho. There's a reason why they didn't try this in North Dakota. There's a reason why they didn't try it in Tennessee. They went to D.C. They might have tried it in New York. They might have tried it in California, but they certainly know that there are very few places where they can get this particular indictment and where they have a chance to see the jury that's likely to convict them, even though there's no realistic way to expect them to meet the requirement to prove the intent. And that's still important. And I'm going to keep hammering on that because that is important. All right. Let's continue. And it sets forth the crimes charged in detail. I encourage everyone to read it in full. The attack on our nation's capital on January 6th, 2021, was an unprecedented assault the seat of American democracy. Again, American democracy, an unprecedented attack. Well, was it really unprecedented? Other than the fact that it occurred being perpetrated by American citizens and it occurred at the U.S. Capitol building, it's not exactly unprecedented outside of that. Now, of course, uh, you can make the argument that, well, that's what makes it unprecedented, Tim, and, and that's what makes it so dangerous. We can't just go running around willy-nilly trying to undo what they're doing at the Capitol building. And to a degree, I would agree. However, if you want to talk about unprecedented attacks, let's talk about Antifa attacking federal court buildings. Let's talk about Antifa creating the CHOP zone. 
then Chad later, whichever order it went in, Chad, Chop, uh, Chop, Chad, whichever happened first, the same area, claiming independence from the city and from the state and from the United States. Now that's an insurrection. They took over a, a legitimate boundary area that previously had been recognized as the United States of America, and they claimed it was now a sovereign territory having nothing to do with the United States. That's an insurrection. What happened at the Capitol building on January 6th may meet the legal definition of a riot. I, I think we can agree that it pretty much does. May have had a little too much fuel to the flames being poured on directly by federal agents. May have. I'm, I'm doing my journalistic thing here. Uh, some believe reports would have it. Of course, we're supposed to, if we buy into the left and the mainstream media, uh, we're just supposed to say that that's also part of the big lie. The big lie is thinking that uh, you can believe a thing that anybody with a D at the end of their name has uh, to say. But again, they're not going to try this case just anywhere. And he makes the point of talking about it being in D.C. D.C. is one of the few places where they know they can count on enough people saying guilty without even having to have the trial. The evidence they present is not going to matter. The standard to get the conviction is not going to matter. What's really going to make all the difference here is if the judge in this case is willing, despite whatever political leanings they may have, to set the jury decision aside with the understanding that there is no way that they can meet the legal standard of proving intent. Let's continue. As described in the indictment, it was fueled by lies. Lies by the defendant targeted at obstructing a bedrock function of the U.S. government, the nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. Okay, again, got to stop. He didn't tell a lie on this. In order for it to be a lie, he has to have honestly believed everything was on the up and up, that he had legitimately lost, and that there was nothing suspicious, nothing out of the ordinary, nothing that violated state constitutions and determining electors. He would have to believe all those things and still try to overturn everything. And clearly, clearly, nobody can deny the fact that there were states that broke their own constitutions, their state constitutions, in order to allow voting to take place to accommodate for fear of COVID. And this was by design. Nobody can deny that that occurred. What people will argue is whether or not the legislatures had to make these changes as a result of an emergency scenario. We have to watch out for public health, but we have to have the elections too, so this is the accommodation. And it doesn't matter if we're violating the state constitution, except for the fact that it does. A lot of these elections should have been invalidated, should have never been certified by the states. But they did it anyway, and once you get to that point, that part of the argument's over. It's sad, 
I'm not happy about it. Doesn't make me happy to say it, but it is true at that point. Let's continue. The men and women of law enforcement who defended the U.S. Capitol on January 6th are heroes. Yes, heroes that killed Miss Bobbitt. Heroes that presumably did their job. There was a few folks that pretty much didn't. There were a lot of folks that moved the barriers and let people walk in. There are a few of these heroes that literally took uh, MAGA shaman uh, on a guided tour of the Capitol. Uh, they got out of the way and let people do stupid crap. Now, I don't want these people to put themselves in harm's way when you have a legitimate protest going on. But this legitimate protest became a riot when folks got a little... Uh, what's what's a good word here? Uh, a little overly exuberant? <laughs> let's, let's be honest. The majority of the people that entered the Capitol building did little more than trespass. And you can make a legitimate argument that any legal taxpaying citizen of this country can't really trespass ever in the Capitol building because it belongs to the people, especially legitimate, legal citizens that are in good standing and pay their taxes. You guys work for them, not the other way around. They should be able to inspect. You can make that argument. You'll probably lose in a court because, again, you'll probably be brought up in front of a D.C. judge. And if you get a jury, it'll be a D.C. jury. And if you violate the sanctity of how magical powers they have, well, then bad things happen. They are patriots, and they are the very best of us. They did not just defend a building or the people sheltering in it. They put their lives in the line to defend who we are as a country and as a people. Okay. I didn't see a lot of that. Okay, I've seen most of the footage. There's a lot of footage they still won't let us see, but based on the little bits of footage that continues to trickle out and gets leaked, it looks to me like most of the law enforcement that was there eh, were pretty safe. Again, that doesn't negate the few instances of violence. There were some folks that took a few shots, but it's not like they want to make it out to be. At the end of the day, this is more political theater. At the end of the day, this is the left still suffering from Trump derangement syndrome, and it's going to continue as long as he is a fixture in the Republican presidential race. And right now, unless something drastic happens, he will be the nominee. Now, I don't necessarily feel good about that because I'm not real sure how Trump does in the general election at this point. He still does this flip-flop thing, and he keeps attacking DeSantis from the left. He might as well be one of the Democrats at that point. That bothers me. Uh, people that I, I once thought of as being legitimate, trustworthy news uh, personalities are out here literally telling bald-faced lies that they know are lies about DeSantis. When there's enough legitimate things to criticize DeSantis about and to point out, like you should in a standard election of this kind. But no, we want to play dirty politics because that's the only politics we've got. 
All right, let's go ahead and reset the hour. We're actually a smidge past the beginning anyway, but uh, we'll take a little break, play a little music, and then when we get back, we'll wrap that up and move on to the next topic. Stay with me. I'll be right back. state clan taught to praise the little man told that union saved the working class he was raised a red state son to love the flag and own a gun warned about the greed within the mass they met beneath the moonlit sky a college party drunk and high and when they had degrees they said their vows couldn't say when, couldn't say how, couldn't say why, she was different in his eyes. They built careers and had a kid, tried to live like their parents did, but both their parties taxed them close to death. Learned to hate the public schools, watch TV making fools, while trial lawyers looted what was left. She, she couldn't say when, she couldn't say how, she couldn't say why. He was different in her eyes. Saw them years ago, a happy little cabin in the west. more from so much less Now they can say when they can say how they can say why they're different in your eyes they're different in your eyes they're different in your eyes hey y'all it's Derek Johnson. You can find me at DerekJohnsonCountry.com and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tapping Through the Truth. She's hair pulled back in a camo cap with a catfish on the line. She's an evening gown, night on the town candlelight and wine She's shy, she's bold She's like a nice cold fireball whiskey shot She's a big high five on the 50 yard line. She's a real cool kind of hot. With her long Real 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief reset of the hour. Uh, before we uh, wrap things up on the previous topic and slide into the next one, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you about what happens when the power goes out. What happens if the power stays down? And you've got a family member that, that needs insulin. Or you have a family member that depends on, on a breathing machine. You need that electricity. How do you get it? How do you take care of it? How do you make sure that your family is taken care of, provided for? How are you prepared? Are you ready for blackouts? Well, I can tell you who can help you to get ready for those blackouts. That's our friends over at 4Patriots. Now, you go visit 4Patriot.com right now, and I will tell you that you will find a ton of things that are capable of running on solar power. They're capable of being charged, recharged. You get the battery going, and you're set. You don't have to have anything but the sun to keep things going. I'm still absolutely enamored with my uh, sidekick, but they have larger generators that are available and because they're quiet they don't run on fuel so you've got plenty of capabilities of using them inside they don't have any of the fumes any of the things that makes gas generators dangerous you don't have to worry about any of that so go visit fourpatriots.com and see everything that they have to offer I'd also recommend checking out their survival food kits. Best tasting survival food kits on the market. So go check them out. And then when you decide you're going to fill up that cart and place yourself a good size order, what could possibly be better than using promo code TAP, that's T-A-P-P, and save yourself 10% off that order. Just go to 4Patriots, that's the number 4, 4Patriots.com. Use promo code TAP at checkout, T-A-P-P. Save yourself 10%. Okay, so the deal is, obviously, that the Trump indictment we knew was coming. We knew the left was going to try to make this their big hurrah. They want to get Trump charged with a felony. They want him charged in a way that's going to allow them to take him off of the board. But they want to time it in a way that they see if they can shake loose enough of his support, they'll move forward quicker. But they want to time this in a fashion so that he's still just being bullied by the Justice Department going into the primaries. And then they're really counting on the fact that they can turn around and start getting indictments turned into convictions during the, the general election. And they think that's going to move all of the independents away from Trump, regardless of what else goes on. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know at this point. I'm not telling you anything that a, a dozen or so other people haven't already said, and probably said today alone. But the real issue still comes down to the fact that 
not just the weaponization of our judicial system, but the fact that they're handpicking locations so that they know they can get a jury that's going to be friendly to their cause to get this conviction, despite the fact that it's, there's never going to be a way, never a way for them to prove intent. With every piece of evidence, every snippet of uh, of Donald Trump having said anything in regards to the election, uh, into the election integrity, into the efforts to try and stop the steal, in his efforts to peacefully but patriotically protest on the day, and to call on Mike Pence to throw out the bad electors based on a novel legal theory, a, a very bad one, I think based on the attorneys that I've spoken with, the folks that I trust, people that are leaning heavily conservative and who would love to find any reason not to have the stick, they make it pretty clear that that's a bad interpretation. Mike Pence didn't have that authority that day. And anybody that wants to say otherwise is either intentionally lying because they know better or they've simply been misinformed based on the people that floated this novel theory out. Now, maybe folks are lashing onto it because they want it to be true more than they believe that it is true. But regardless, if you are somebody that's bought into it, then you're buying into the same thing that Donald Trump bought into. So when he said those things, he was believing, he was trusting his legal advisors and this novel legal theory that was thrown out. So again, Intent is off the board. There's never going to be a way to sufficiently prove intent. Not when it comes to J6. It's just not there. Everything that everybody in the country knows about Donald Trump easily, easily makes you believe that he believed he was fighting to stop the steal. That he was fighting not to overturn the legitimate results, but to stop the election from being stolen. If that's your intentions when you're doing these things, then you're not trying to defraud the government. You're trying to prevent the government from being defrauded. You're not trying to disenfranchise the voters. You're actually trying to protect the voters uh, who are having their will taken away from them, thrown away, ignored. He's literally doing the opposite of everything he's being accused of. And the only way that you believe he's guilty of these crimes is if you happen to be a leftist and want to believe orange man bad. I don't think there's any evidence that suggests Donald Trump didn't believe those things. I don't think there's anything that suggests that he knew from the beginning he was going to lose that election and that Joe Biden... The venal houseplant, the guy who literally campaigned from his basement, had a snowball's chance in Hades of beating him? Oh, no. Things are sus from the beginning on that, as the kids like to say. Sus. Very suspect. So again, political theory, political theater... And one more nail in the coffin of anybody running against Trump in the primary, but also, again, something that may make it a little bit harder for Donald Trump to win in the general. 
That's something else we need to keep in mind, too. All right, so that's enough of that. We've talked way longer than I had planned to. I thought a regular segment there. But, again, Jack Smith making this big announcement kind of irritated me. But not as much as the story that we should be talking about, which, of course, is the what did Joe Biden know and when did he know it when it comes to Hunter Biden's illicit activities running around in foreign countries uh, selling access? Joe Biden was the brand. So we're getting really, really close to the, the point of no return. We're getting really, really close to that spot where you can no longer deny the truth, the reality of what Joe Biden had been doing, what he'd been having Hunter go do, what he'd been letting his brother go do. They were selling access to him while he was a U.S. senator, and in Hunter's case, while he was vice president. And best believe he's doing it now, too. You have longtime Hunter Biden business associate Devin Archer taking questions from the House Oversight Committee this past Monday. And just when he began to fill in the details tying Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. to his son Hunter Biden's questionable dealings, and I'm being very diplomatic here, his questionable dealings with foreign business partners, a new hero stood up. A new hero of the Democratic Party, a new hero of the political left in the United States, stood up to protect the occupier of the White House. Of course, the hero in question here is former impeachment attorney turned representative Dan Goldman. See, Dan went straight to the cameras after Archer's Capitol Hill appearance. He went straight to the cameras to reassure the public or at least the Democratic members thereof, that if Joe Biden did talk to Hunter's business partners, it was only to say hello. Or, you know, maybe to discuss the weather. Just a bit. That's it. That's all. Nothing to see here. Nothing to worry about. No influence peddling. That's silly. They didn't talk about the business. Joe Biden was not in business with Hunter. How dare you even suggest such a thing? Goldman, talking to reporters, said, quote, It was clear that it was part of the daily conversations that Hunter Biden had with his father. It was, and sounds like, most of the time, now President Biden didn't even know who the people he, who the people he was at dinner with. He was just asked to say hello, and he would talk about the weather. He described it several times. Uh, okay, yeah, if you're suffering from dementia, you may mention something multiple times, forgetting you've already said it. So that's believable enough. But also, if you're influence peddling, you can't exactly come out and say, well, hey, guys, uh, Here's exactly what it's going to take in order for me to be able to, to nudge Barack over into helping you out with this. Or here's the, exactly what I'm going to need you to do for Hunter uh, in order to make sure uh, 
that you get whatever it is you want me to do for you. You can't just come out and say that. That's not how influence peddling works. Access is the key. Just answering the phone, proving that, uh, yeah, this is, this is Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah, current vice president of the United, that's me. You may have heard me say things like, I like ice cream, or son of a gun. Yeah, it's just, this guy really expects you to not know what influence peddling looks like. This guy really expects you to not understand what access actually means. Joe Biden doesn't need to know who's at the meeting in order to play the game. Joe Biden doesn't actually have to receive cash directly for himself in order to have gained value from these shakedowns. All he needs is for Hunter to get money so that that's one less thing that Joe has to worry about getting paid for. So you have a legitimate legal statute to hit for there. You, you got this level uh, of reasonable expectation that has already been surpassed, and yet you still have this guy and you've got other folks with the D at the end of their name trying to downplay this. And this is just a temporary defense anyway. It's not going to last very long because it's not going to hold up. That's why Joe Biden's also out here trying to push this, well, I'm just, just a family man, just a family man routine. You notice he's hitting that full steam again. He had always kind of tried to play it off like that's just who he is. Lunch bucket Biden, uh, just a hard-working family man from East Scranton. And now he's even went so far, even went so far trying to sell you on this family man routine a bit that he's finally acknowledging the, the little girl. He's finally acknowledging Navy. Four years, he doesn't have that grandchild. He, he doesn't have another grandchild. Four years. But the polling, the polling was atrocious. Too many people figured out that here it is, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. fails to acknowledge one of his grandchildren. <sighs> the image of this guy... And the reason this particular scene kept being brought up by multiple people is because most of America saw it. Joe Biden hanging stockings at Christmas. The dog, the dog that was going around biting Secret Service agents left and right, who not only doesn't deserve a stocking, probably shouldn't be getting any treats, needs, well, needs better owners, quite honestly. The dog got a stocking, no mention of Little Navy. And the excuse that gave when pressed on that issue during this little interview over the weekend, well, you know, we were just trying to give room for for Hunter and, and the mother to, to work things out. We're just trying to stay out of the middle of it. No, here's what it looks like when you're trying to stay out of the middle of it. You say that uh, Hunter and his friend have a lot of issues to deal with. It's very contentious, but at the end of the day, we love our grandchildren. We love that little girl. And, uh, you know, obviously we want what's best for her. That's all you do. That's all you have to say. And you don't have the controversy pop up.
The only thing of merit, the only thing of value that anyone with the last name Biden has is the Biden last name. There's no particularly marketable skills. The talented Biden was Bo. He's no longer with us. I would like to to say that he was somebody that might have actually been honest and not surrounded by controversy and not a just a despicable, slimy piece of criminal crap. I don't know, because the old saying, the fruit doesn't often fall far from the tree, but every now and then it does. There's no indication, there's no evidence, there's no proof. In fact, I don't think I've ever heard anybody uh, that would have working knowledge ever insinuate that Bo was like any of the other Bidens. And I don't want to speak ill of the dead either, so I'm just going to leave it at I don't know, but clearly he was more talented at almost everything than any of the other Bidens. But the one thing they have, since Joe first became a U.S. senator, is access. They're selling access. Joe Biden is the brand. Don't forget, that's what we've been told now. That was what's been said on the record. Joe Biden was the brand. We were selling the brand. We were selling access to the vice president of the United States. He started doing that when he was in the Senate. He's made himself and other Bidens very wealthy by selling the name. And yet, oh, we love our granddaughter very much, but uh, we're not going to let her use the Biden name. The only thing of value we have to offer her, really. It's pretty crappy. So we're supposed to believe that we don't know how insurance uh, influence peddling works. Insurance influence peddling. Well, you know, he was talking about the weather and uh, yeah, other stuff. Goldman went on to characterize uh, Archer's statements as proof that Joe Biden had not discussed anything relating to business and had only been peripherally involved in casual conversation. Yeah, that's how influence peddling works. That's how access works. You have just become accessible to the people that you're talking to. You have proven that all Hunter has to do is pick up the phone and he has your attention, Joe. That's all he needs. So Mr. Goldman is ignoring the fact he thinks you're stupid. Now, if you're somebody that continues to vote for Democrats after all these shenanigans, then he's right when it comes to you. If you are someone that has voted Democrat in the past, but you have had your eyes opened, then guess what? You're not amongst that number anymore. If you're the regular listener to this show that uh, probably hasn't voted Democrat in decades, if ever, well, then you already know what I'm saying. You don't need me to tell you that these people think we're all stupid. They believe for a second anybody's going to buy into this. Oh, you know, it's just proof that Joe really wasn't in business with Hunter. That he barely knew business was going on. Nah, that's, that's not what's being proved here. Quite the opposite. Now, on Tuesday morning, Goldman showed up on MSNBC's Morning Joe in order to continue his brave and bold defense of the Biden name. And there, he was joined 
by Jonathan Lemire in suggesting that Joe Biden's preoccupation with his late son, Bo Biden's illness, made it even less likely that he was willfully participating in anything untoward. Uh, he was just trying to show additional love and care for his son, Hunter, uh, which was all he had left. Lemire began by suggesting that at worst, it appeared that then-Vice President Biden had perhaps turned a blind eye to some of the things Hunter was involved in at the time. Of course, he turned a blind eye after he set up the connections. Do you honestly think Hunter Biden has the the cojones? The cojones to, to make these kind of connections? No, no, no. These connections were made for him. He was sent out to collect bags of cash. He wasn't sent out to go make the deals to create it. Influence peddling, you have to turn a blind eye to receiving the cash, but you know darn well what was happening. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. knows exactly what he sent Hunter out to do, but that's not the suggestion. They're trying to defend it, and they're eventually, they know it's not going to hold up. They know it's not going to last. They know they're not going to be able to convince the American people because there's still more evidence to come. By the time the Republicans are ready to actually move to impeach, there's going to be a trial. And there's going to be enough evidence that every Democrat that still votes to try to protect Joe Biden is going to face being primaried because the people in their home districts are going to be like, it's one thing to lie to us about a bunch of stuff. It's another thing entirely to allow this meat puppet to continue to sit in the White House when you know the depths of depravity that he's engaged in. When you know the levels of chicanery that he's been involved with. When you know how racist this man has been over the years. When you know how terrible of a person he has been his entire life. There's going to be plenty of people that typically vote Democrat that just won't do it. I don't know if they're going to bring themselves to vote for the other guy. But there's going to be a lot of them that decide to just stay home. And lower voter turnout means advantage whoever is running against the Democrat, whoever that is, that gets nominated. A lot of people still seem to think, oh yeah, Joe Biden, he's running, he'll be there. Lots more people think it's just not likely. But ultimately, that final defense is going to be I'm just a family man trying to, to protect the family, you know, and because that's why they're pushing the family angle again so hard. Well, was I supposed to just ignore the fact that, that my little boy, my boy, was just out here? He just needed a break. He couldn't catch a break. So I, I maybe I did do a few things that bend the rules a little bit. But I had to take care of my family. I had to help. And he's going to tug on the heartstrings. And the idiot Democratic voters that continue to support this guy will fall for that hook, line, and sinker. People that seem to not understand the, the simple quantitative idea that your feelings are not impactful on the reality 
of the circumstance. Fancy way of saying facts don't care about your feelings. Hat tip, Joe, uh, Ben Shapiro. But uh, it's absolutely mind-boggling to see the extent that these people are already jumping through these hoops, conducting these mental gymnastics in an effort to try and confuse and distract and hopefully not even have to tell you guys too many more lies because they'll distract you long enough that it becomes old news and then once it's old news, why are we talking about old news? But the Republicans have proved they're not letting this go. And unlike the folks on the left accusing them of, well, they're going to make accusations whether it's true or not. They're going to make accusations whether there's evidence or not. Because, again, they keep claiming there is no evidence. There's enough evidence on Hunter Biden's laptop alone to make a connection. Joe Biden has been receiving cash from Hunter Biden for decades. Hunter Biden sent an email to his daughter saying, oh, you know, uh, at least you don't have to give 50% to pop. You don't have to pay all his bills. You don't have to take care of him. It's not on you to do everything to keep up pop and his lifestyle. That email was there at a point in time where nobody was talking about any of this shiznit. So uh, what makes you think there's anything suspect about that? But it's pretty clear that if you take the context and you read it the way it's intended to be, he's pretty miffed about giving up a big chunk of his money to the big guy. That is Joe Biden. But they tried to, to say things like, let's put this in context and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, let's put it in context. Bo Biden, dead or not, it doesn't change the fact that Hunter Biden was always the redheaded stepchild, that he wasn't capable of measuring up, that Joe Biden doesn't particularly like Hunter, but he had to find some way to make Hunter useful. He couldn't finish his tour in the Navy. He couldn't finish holding down jobs in the law profession, again, because of his drug addiction. Oh, no, well, we have to be respectful of people that are struggling with uh, drug addiction. You know, if you're struggling with it, yes. If you're trying to get clean, yes. If you're fighting it, yes, I agree with that. But if you're just a 50-plus-year-old guy who's still pretty slimy and still clearly willing to, to sniff Parmesan cheese off of a rug because you think it's something else, and we know he is still that guy then I don't have to be respectful of that because you're not struggling with it. You're just struggling to hide it from the general public. That's not the same thing. And all this uh, Hunter Biden is a private citizen BS is exactly that because Hunter Biden is part of the first family and he's literally residing in the White House. He gets protection from the Secret Service. He is a nursemaid a big chunk of the time for pop. And we know his involvement in what is and isn't going on within the Biden administration is questionable and dubious at best. But we know that personal relationship puts him in a position where he has undue influence and can manipulate Joe into continuing to peddle influence. All right. 
I, I think that's enough for now. Let's go ahead and take the mid-hour break. And when we return, I've got two quick topics that I had planned on being the, the two second-hour topics. But I kind of got carried away with that first one much longer than I thought I would. So stay with me. I will be right back. And, uh, you know, don't go anywhere. We'll, uh, we'll have some fun here at the end. Hello, America. This is Ken Crow with Conservative Daily Briefing, and you are listening to Tim Tap Tap Into the Truth. My fellow Americans, did you know the United States government was designed to treat we the people according to the Ten Commandments? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. The U.S. founders put together the Ten Bill of Rights to compel those in government to treat we the people according to the Bible's Ten Commandments. Commandment 6 through 10 tells us that we should refrain from doing certain wrongful acts and that the commandments apply to each of us regardless of job titles. When we obey God's thou shall nots, others enjoy the right not to be murdered, sexually abused, stolen from, lied to or about, nor have what we own coveted by people wielding or supported by immense government power. God's commandments 1 through 4 enables we the people the right to acknowledge and honor God publicly in prayer and praise in civic and community events. Commandment 5 provides the right for families to be secure in our homes. When government obeys the Bill of Rights, which are its Ten Commandments, we the people enjoy the freedoms to live as God intends under the blessed protection of His commandments. Bible-believing people know the Bible doesn't change, thus we understand the Constitution based upon it must not be changed either. I'm Ron Edwards. Bye now. The fastest path to tyranny is to give up your guns. The quickest way to become a victim of violent crime is to not have your firearm with you when you need it. One of the biggest mistakes that firearm owners like myself have committed in the past is we buy a holster that's so uncomfortable we just stop carrying altogether. Huge mistake. But that's also a big reason why Vanish Holster is quickly becoming one of the most popular holsters in the country. They have thousands of customers that will tell you point blank that it is the most comfortable holster ever. Period. End of discussion. Nothing else to say about it. They'll also tell you that if you start using a Vanish holster, you'll never stop carrying, and that is a phenomenal testament. And again, not me saying it, not them saying it in the sales pitch, thousands of their customers uh, saying this, and that you can't argue with thousands of customers. It's just undeniable. Okay, so here's the deal. Vanish holster is designed to work with and fit nearly all semi-automatic handguns. It's also designed to allow you to carry two full loaded magazines, so if you need to do a quick reload, you got it right there. Beyond that, it's designed to work without a tactical belt. So there's another one of those hidden expenses that maybe you weren't thinking about when you picked out a holster that's not an issue here. 
and you literally have multiple ways that you can carry it. Several different positions that will work under the Vanish design. So, however carrying works best for you, you can do it with the Vanish holster. So, here's what I need you to do. Go visit them over at www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. And you want to use the backslash T-A-P-P because that will automatically activate for you a $50 discount. A $50 discount that has been extended for two more weeks. It was originally going to end on the last day of July. They've extended it to August 15th. That doesn't mean you need got any time to mess around with it, though. Take full advantage. Bidenomics being what it is, you need to take full advantage. Please don't miss your opportunity to save $50. www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Go now. Do it. If you go to the website right now, you can place the order and have it on its way to you before the end of today's show. Second Skull is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year and a half a million children being treated in the ER each year for a head injury, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueEdgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember... Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. In just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top 6 in the World in Forbes. We're also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk Carjacking old lady at a red light Pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store You think it's cool, act a fool if you like 
Yes, indeed. Try it at a small town. I humbly invite you to do so. Yeah, I live in a small town. I do. And I got to tell you, Jason Aldean's message here is not wrong. And it's also not racist. Doesn't seem to matter to the lefty folks, though, does it? All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much. We've got the uh, final segment of the show to go through. And I had two topics that I had wanted to get to. And I'm afraid we just... We ran out of time to get to both, but I'm going to mention them both, and uh, we'll kind of go from there. First, uh, this business about this illegal Chinese-run California biolab that was hiding and storing all these dangerous pathogens. This story is being treated like it's a local news story. If it wasn't for conservative media, it wouldn't be a national topic. It's CNN is trying very hard to move past it, and MSNBC doesn't want to talk about it at all. But this is not that dissimilar to China running police stations in other countries all around the world, including the United States. In fact, I had written a piece about that myself, uh, the Chinese model, that uh, you still can find. I shared it a little bit in social media today. Uh, you can look at all the places where we have uh, a presence, uh, with the exception of a couple, and I need to go ahead and share it there before tonight uh, comes to an end. So uh, thanks for reminding myself. But you know, here it is. They are literally in central Florida. They're in Fresno County. And they were storing pathogens like HIV and E. coli and Streptococcus pneumonia, hepatitis B and C, and herpes and rubella, malaria. It contained roughly a thousand dead and nearly dead mice that they were experimenting on. Uh, according to the assistant director for the Fresno County Department of Public Health, the owners of the warehouse, which was located in Ridley, operated under the name Prestige Biotech. Now, that doesn't sound like a Chinese company name, does it? Well, you don't want to name your business a Chinese name if you're operating in the middle of central California either, especially drawing attention to yourself by virtue of doing things that were illegal. Now, city officials reportedly identified the company's president as a gentleman by the name of Yo, Y-A-O, uh, an alleged Chinese national. Now, by alleged, what we mean is he was. You know, journalistic standards, you have to say things like alleged and uh, report say. And, but in truth, we know that Yeo or Ye, however it's pronounced, is in fact a Chinese national. The Daily Mail described the warehouse as a Chinese-run virus laboratory. That's a description that's not far off from the truth. In fact, I think it's exactly the truth. 
It had previously, the warehouse in question, it previously had been run by the now defunct company Universal Meditech. Incorporated, of course. Uh, court documents declared that Prestige Biotech, Inc. moved equipment into the warehouse and established a lab. During the investigation, the Prestige representatives on site said, quote, these mice were genetically engineered to catch and carry the COVID-19 virus. Uh, that's the reason why they were in such poor health, you see. Uh, they all had the COVID. Uh, continuing to quote here, uh, I've never seen this in my 26-year career with the county of Fresno. So there was over 800 different chemicals on site in different bottles of different acids. Unfortunately, a lot of these are being categorized under unknown chemicals. This is an unusual situation. I've been in government for 25 years. I've never seen anything like this. This is from the Ridley City Manager, Nicole uh, Ziba. Continuing to quote here, there are some statements by individuals who were going into the facility and dump waste into the waste bins. After that, it would go to the landfill. In other words, there were not any proper protocols involved with disposing of bio-tissues that had been exposed to any of these dangerous chemicals or these bio-contaminants, these very dangerous and easily communicable diseases. Officials with the Centers for the uh, CDC, they found at least 20 potentially infectious viral, bacterial, and parasitic agents. Thousands of vials contained unlabeled fluids, according to court documents. There is no question that this is illegal. There is no question that this is dangerous. And there is no question that this is the operation being conducted by Chinese nationals under the guise of being independent operators while they are clearly working at the behest of the CCP. How do I know that? How do I make that assertion? Because every Chinese national that is in business, whether they're conducting business inside of China or anywhere else around the world, has those connections. They are doing so with the blessings of the CCP, so the CCP still has a controlling interest. That's the only way you get those so-called blessings. And I, again, refer you back to them being willing to operate illegal police departments all around the world. All right, one other quick topic that I wanted to get to, uh, because it, it is a big deal. And folks are reporting on this, but I still think the real full impact of this story is still escaping most folks. But we're talking about Yellow Freight. Now, if you're not familiar with Yellow Freight, you've probably seen at some time one of their big trucks, one of their big rigs running on the interstate or on the freeway somewhere. Uh, you've most likely seen Yellow. But what you may not have known is that this trucking company has operated for nearly 100 years. It's one of the largest freight companies in the United States and, in fact, in the world as a whole. 
and it's no longer in business. It shuttered its doors this past Friday, and there's no intention for them to open back up. Why? Because they failed to reach a new labor deal with the Teamsters, the union controlling most of their drivers. This particular decision means that around 30,000 workers have now been laid off, and further ripple effects are certainly expected to hit the U.S. economy, because again, one of the largest freight lines, meaning uh, here's your rates, uh, your competition, and moving product from point A to point B once something comes into a port, once something is brought into a warehouse, how does it get moved from there to the store from which you buy it? Typically, buy freight trucks. One less competitor means rates are going up for everyone else. Freight rates going up means final prices are going up. So even if inflation was coming down, as we're constantly being lied to about and told that it is, you're still going to have prices going up because of this. But regardless of all of that, a little history might be in order. Because if you're not aware, if you're not familiar, maybe you don't understand what a big deal this really is. But Yellow Transit Freight Lines was founded all the way back in 1929 by the same brothers who formed the Yellow Cab Company. Through growth and acquisitions, the company became one of the largest carriers of freight in the world. Now, in recent years, it, <clears throat> it has been beset by a series of financial hardships. Most freight companies have, however. It's not limited to them, but they've had a harder time than most. The company received a $730 million loan from the government during the pandemic in exchange for a 30% equity stake in the company. That's now owned by the federal government. Yay, great. That was a bad move. The company is expected to enter bankruptcy, and taxpayers will likely receive pennies on the dollar for that loan that was given to the company, less than half of which has been repaid. So that also is going to affect the economy. However, here's the real thing. Critical to the company's failure was its inability to reach a new labor deal with the Teamsters, which, of course, represents the employees for the company. The company had called a restructured deal with the union vital to its continued operations, but the union responded to this announcement and a proposed change to benefits package for employees by threatening to strike which of course then depressed the stock prices that caused customers to transfer business to other companies and further imperiled the financial stability of the company. The Teamsters withdrew their strike threat just this past week, but it was too late. The damage was already done. The union warned employees this week that the company would likely not survive. Well done, since you went out of your way to end the company. And here is one of the big issues I have with the Teamsters and, and all labor unions, as far as that's concerned. Now, the union here, the Teamsters, they blamed the company for its failure, claiming that the company had failed its workers by failing to make a pension fund contribution on time and, and caused an affront to the livelihoods and well-being of 22,000 Teamsters nationwide. 
the union didn't comment on what effect the closure of the company due to union demands would have on the livelihoods and well-beings of its own members. No, they, they don't want to talk about that because they're the reason the doors finally had to be closed. They are the reason while a huge number of individuals will no longer be going to work. 30,000 workers out of a job now. And, and ultimately, there's a problem. Labor unions like this would rather shut down a business than to work with a business. They would rather lose those 30,000 jobs than to give an inch on something like a benefit that they had been, quote, hard won previously. What serves these 30,000 employees, uh, former employees of Yellow Freight Line more? What would have been a better service to the collective? Shutting that uh, business down and having all those jobs disappear and say, well, you know, sorry about your luck. Maybe you can catch on at another freight line. Maybe. Maybe not. Well, maybe you can learn to code. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe not. What would have served him better? Maybe going to them and saying, all right, guys, we know that we don't like going backwards. We don't like not improving the situation, but it's better to give up one or two of these things than to completely lose the job. If the government was already on the hook for a 30% equity stake, there's a really good chance the government would not have just let the doors close as long as they were still showing a path back to profitability. That path would have had to start with reducing Teamster demands. It would have had to have started with the Teamsters saying, all right, well, we're not going to ask for anything new, and maybe we'll take a look at, on a temporary basis, reducing some of the benefits that are already on the table. That would have been a thing to do to help get them back into the direction of profitability, which is the only way that a company can afford to make pension payments and keep all the employees on an hourly wage. And every step of the way, the Teamsters were making moves here that ended one of the most historic freight line companies in our country. Not because of how big they got, but because of how long they've been in the business. For nearly a century, they were the standard in freight lines. They set that bar. Now, other companies came along and raised the bar and took it to new levels. But the bar, the initial bar, it was set by yellow. And... It's a shame that they end up having to close the doors, not because they couldn't meet payroll, not because they had financials that just couldn't withstand the supply chain issues and breakdowns, but because they just couldn't come to an agreement with the labor union. Someone that's supposed to be representing the employees, someone who, if they're actual first most important priority is the people that pay their dues you would think 
preserving their jobs would be the very first thing that would work to serve them rather than losing the job. 30,000 new laid-off employees, many of which will have to find work in a different field. Good luck. All right, that's going to have to be it for tonight, as always. Thank you so much for staying with me all the way to the end, which you have done. Thank you so very much. Before I sign off for good, do need to, uh, you know, discuss one last time our third and final sponsor of the hour. That, of course, is Native Path. And we are talking about their uh, Antarctic krill oil. If you're worried about your heart, your memory, swollen, achy joints like I was, this, uh, this Antarctic krill supplement could very well help put an end to issues with all three. It's been shown to support healthy blood pressure, circulation, brain health, as well as reduce inflammation, swelling, and joint pain. Never been a better time to try it for yourself. Just go to FixSwollenFeet.com. Get yourself 58% off the Native Path Antarctic Krill Oil. This krill oil is pure, it's effective, it's easily absorbed by the body. It contains potent antioxidants that help further reduce inflammation and swelling. For a limited time, you can get the Native Path Antarctic Krill Oil for as low as $23 a bottle. That's a bottle of 30 pills. That's a one-month supply if you're just taking one a day. Again, just go to FixSwollenFeet.com. Uh, funny domain name, serious product on the other end. With all that having been said, thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to visit us for the Friday Night Live show. And, uh, you know, if you typically listen to Liberty Talk FM, be sure to tune in at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, catch the live show on our first weekend broadcasting with Liberty Talk. Or continue to tune in on the other mini platforms, K-Star Talk Radio, ZMA Radio, yeah, all those grapes. Uh, don't forget Last Frequency and the Beard Network, all the stuff. Don't forget all the stuff. That's all. All right, remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. My name's Joe Biden. That's because hot. <laughs> America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was put him in We know that there's no, there's no such thing to finish the job. More than half of the women on the, in my administration are women. You lost your child. It's gone. Look, um, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway. We got it.
control is using both hands. Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep. To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep. Using both hands Well I prefer the 308 to the tiny 223 Gives me more than a thousand yards to protect my family Using both hands. Evil is powerless if the good are unafraid.